this is the opportunity to learn from these guys and really start to reshape this profession. Cause a lot of disenchantment is the way that the profession is run now. Okay. Learn how to keep a successful business, but then learn how to reshape that business. Welcome to the Arcaspeak Podcast. I'm Evan Troxell. Each episode, Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and I have a casual conversation about all things architecture, and we invite you to listen in as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the blocks of Corbusier's City of Tomorrow more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we stand around the water cooler and talk about why we love our chosen profession. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 48 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And first up, we have some sponsors. Uh, this show being episode 48 is sponsored by Wall Protects and Bueno Box. And I just want to say we're really excited to have them both sponsoring this episode. And we'll get to talking a little bit more about each of them later in the show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and once again, thank you to both of them. And if you would like to sponsor the show, go to arcaspeak.com slash sponsor, and you can find out about uh, the slots we have available for sponsoring. So make sure you do that. Evan, who do we have the friend of the show this week? All right. This week we have a friend of the show who uh, donated based on our last episode, I believe, which was about the missing 32%. Uh, symposium. And so that was Reedy Sangvi, and she is a friend of ours on Twitter, and she says that she enjoys every second of listening to us, which I really can't believe. And uh, thanks for bringing the architectural community together and being a great resource. So thanks, Reedy, for the donation. We really appreciate it. Anybody who wants to get their name read on the show and become a friend of the show, more importantly, uh, go ahead and head over to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate and you guys really do help make the show possible, and every bit of donation helps make that happen. So thank you. Great. So up this week, we actually had a listener and a friend of yours, Evan, uh, throw us a, a suggestion to talk about. Yeah, a friend of mine, Pete Lavelle. He's also a friend of the show and been a longtime listener. Uh, he sent in a, an article that he saw on, uh, let's see, it's on... The BDC Network, Building Design and Construction, talking about how uh, this thing called the curse of the baby boomers. It's very, very ominous. Uh, but basically, uh, the the thesis is that in the next 15 years, the number of architects and engineers uh, in the 55 to 64 age group is going to increase by 47%, while the number of those in the 33 to 54 year old age group is going to decrease by 6%. And so if you put all that together, um, there's going to be a big problem when all of the boomers leave the profession. There's going to be a giant hole um, of valuable knowledge that will be gone. So that's kind of the, the main point of the article. So we thought we would tackle that for a little bit here. 
The article says there's going to be a loss of thousands of baby boomers uh, who are currently the core management base of their firms. And yeah, that's probably, I mean, that, that likely will be true. But another way to kind of look at this when I, when I first read this was this is an incredible opportunity for a number of people that, uh, well, first off, you know, we've, we've talked in the past and, and even on our last episode about all the people leaving the profession at different stages for many different reasons. But here I see an opportunity for people to stick with it, you know, over this next 15 years, according to the article, um, it, you know, the number of people is going to decrease in the younger age group. So if you're in that younger age group, what that tells me is that as these people of the boomer generation and the X generation start to leave the ownership and or the management of firms, it's going to leave a hole there that's going to get filled. It's going to be filled. It's not like, you know, firms are just going to disappear but it's going to get filled and it's going to get filled by the folks that are behind all these other people. So if you're younger, you're in the profession, just starting out here, this is an incredible opportunity. One to kind of learn from these people that may be uh, in this other generation and to and get that knowledge, get that technical and managerial experience, the institutional knowledge. And then when they're getting ready to retire in 15 years, you're going to be in that 33 to 54 age group. And you're going to be the next person up is also going to be an opportunity for, uh, I think women in architecture to fill those roles. It's going to be an opportunity for minorities in architecture to fill those roles because all the other you know, old white guys are going to be getting out, <laughs> right? I mean, to kind of say it that way, but yeah. that's what's going to happen. It's true, yeah. And so this is an incredible opportunity, I think. Well, I mean, I was I was going to say that, you know, this is, you know, you say that kind of jokingly, but it's also the opportunity to, for architecture, to start to remake itself. Oh, I, I mean, wasn't joking you know, about that. I'm being dead serious about it as an opportunity for other folks in the profession, women and, and other minorities, to to step up and to fill these roles because the roles will be available. So I'm not joking about that at all. I think I'm being very serious about that uh, there'll be lots of opportunity for for people to fill those roles that are in, you know, that are currently minorities and or women. Well, I, I think it'd be interesting to kind of go back to the this and read between the lines and, and maybe talk a little bit about why why would the older generation increase by 47% while the the younger generation decrease by 6%. It seems to me like, you know, obviously people are staying in the profession longer and longer, I think, uh, but this kind of gets back to the, the last episode where people in in their younger years are seeing that there maybe isn't a place for them to be promoted into and so if there's not going to be a position that's going to allow for growth then they're looking to go do something else now that as is just one possibility oh yeah i think so i mean i think that uh as people get a little disenfranchised with architecture uh, early on uh, as we've spoken about on our millennial episode they leave the profession and those people aren't coming back. I, I think the recession um, hasn't helped that. A lot of people have left. And so I think when you combine that, um, you know, those those numbers, those those two events, let's put it that way, um, 
I think you're going to see over the next 15 years, uh, the number of people in architecture are, is going to have that 6% decrease. I think that's where that number is coming from. Well, I've seen, and I'll have to hunt down the article, but um, that we're actually seeing a pretty significant rebound in our profession uh, with, you know, new hires, um, the job markets, you know, starting to come back, uh, new housing starts and stuff are, are actually on the rise. And with people leaving the profession because they've, you know, been disenfranchised or disillusioned by, you know, um, how hard it was to basically find and get a job at any point in time. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's either the time for them to kind of jump back in or it's the time for them to kind of stick with it and really kind of, as we said, you know, learn the tricks of the trade, learn um, how to do the management, learn how to, um, you know, put buildings together and all that other stuff and, and really kind of stick with it. Because if we are going to see this influx of or outflux of um, the boomers leaving the profession for retirement and everything else, you know, it's they should stick around and, you know, start making it their own now so that when they take over, um, you know, they'll have that uh, that opportunity to to become the new leadership. I mean, go ahead. Well, no, I was I was going to say you're you're hitting on a very interesting point there, because when I first came out of school in the early 90s, um, we were coming out of another, you know, not as bad. Uh, but another recession. Um, and it really wasn't until several years later, uh, really probably till about 96, um, going into 97, that things really started to rebound nicely and, and coming back. And my, where I was going with this is that, um, you know, when I, when I finished, finally finished, uh, at Cal Poly in 93, you know, if you, if you take that time, uh, that time, you know, you stay in that profession, you get over the hump that, that initial say three year hump and you start, um, you know, making, uh, uh and, and doing well, say, and you you know, you get a few raises and you're, you know, moving up in the firm. If you take that 15 year period, I mean, we're talking, you know, this would be 93, 94. So 15 years, we're talking, you know, 2005, that's, that's, you know, roughly you know, 2005, 2006, seven, that's that roughly 15 year period that, that we're talking about here. And, and a lot of people that I worked with were doing just that they were moving into, uh, some ownership, some, uh, you know, taking on associate roles at firms and stuff like that. And so I guess what you're, what you're saying is now is we're, you know, beginning to emerge from this most recent recession, those people that are sticking with it. And, uh, you know, if you're just coming out of school now and you stick with it for the next 15 years, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, this is 2014, it's 15 years now, we're going to be closer to, you know, 2028, 29 is when you're going to hit that 15 year mark. And if we can, you know, sustain a, a halfway decent growth rate in, in the profession and in housing starts and everything over that 10 or 15 year period, you know, then that'll be your opportunity because, you know, a lot of folks will be moving out of the profession and you'll have your opportunity then. So I think this is a good time to try and encourage folks to, you know, people coming out of school or just young in the profession to stay in it. Right. Because if, if, if this maintains that, you know, 
there's no guarantee. And even over the 15-year period I was talking about from, say, 94 through 2006 and seven, we had a little bit of a dip um, in 2000, 2001 there uh, at the dot-com boom or bust, I should say, um, that happened. So there was there were some ups and downs. But, you know, for the most part, if you look at that that 15-year period, it was a pretty good run. And and everybody was doing really well. Uh, that didn't necessarily save anyone when everything fell apart in 2008 and 2009 and 2010. I mean, I knew people that, you know, that made that ride that were, you know, really good, very important to firms. And then they all got laid off because everything crashed. So there's no guarantee here. But, you know, this is positive news that if there's less people available, there's going to be more jobs for those people that are still there. Well, you know, this is a big opportunity for the profession as a whole to basically learn from the past. I mean, we're start, I mean, the way that people are doing business in general is changing and it's changing rapidly. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, technology based, um, you know, business doings, but, I think this is an opportunity for architecture as a whole to start to remake itself and start to, and, you know, I don't want to say make itself recession proof, but be able to learn how to deal with the ebbs and flows of the profession. Because, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of times when, you know, we're going to always face these challenges, you know, economically, you know, sometimes we're going to have booms, sometimes we're going to have busts. And, but, and there's so many firms that we've seen in the past not be able to ride this, you know, those waves and they go out of business or they, you know, through the good times they hire up and then the bad times they start letting people go. I mean, now it, it it's the opportunity to start thinking about business in a, in a far smarter way so that we're able to, um, you know, deal with these a lot better. And, you know, whether it be things like, you know, telecommuting and things like that, where we can start to, you know, cut overhead, but we're still being able to maintain profitability. I mean, there's, there's a variety of things and I don't want to, you know, use this, um, this episode is to, you know, try to brainstorm, you know, what are the ways of, you know, making a, a good lean, strong, um, architecture firm. But I think these are opportune. I, I think, that talking about the outflux of the uh, baby boomers um, is the opportunity for the next generation to really think about how are we going to do business as an architecture firm in the future? Yeah, I think it, it goes both ways. I think that the boomers should be looking for the people who are going to be replacing them. Yes. Number one, uh, that's, that's pretty much their, one of their biggest concerns, I think, is to find the right people and to teach them everything they know. You know, one of the things that technology has changed is that people don't talk as much um, and we don't record history the same ways that we used to. And so it's more important than ever for young people in the industry to find mentors. It's not the other way around, guys. It's you need to find the people that you want to learn from. You need to identify who they are and stop waiting around for them to find you um, because you get to pick who you want to be mentored by. And you also get to change it if you don't like what you're getting. 
Um, so, so that's a big part of it is how is the knowledge passed on, right? How do you capture it and how do you institutionalize it? And I think there are technological ways to do that that haven't really taken hold yet. You know, there's the whole, the whole idea of the wiki, right, is, is a great way to do that because every firm operates completely differently, it seems like. You know, obviously there's threads of similarities, but, but I know my firm operates a lot different than the firm you work for, Cormac. So there's, there's going to be special ways that, that things happen, and that firm is going to have to find its own path into the future. Um, so I think that's a big one. So these, these the current leaders need to be finding who those people are and identifying them so that they think, you know, play the long game is how I, I think about it. They need right. to be thinking, right. how are we going to help make this practice uh, work for future generations, not just ourselves? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, there's there's kind of an an interesting split there are those who are like you know these damn kids you know and i don't want to learn this technology and they don't really want to embrace what is essentially going to be the future um and then there's others that are you know this is my legacy you know so i want to shore it up and i want to embrace this and you're right find the right people that you know i can pass on what knowledge i've gained so that you know i can create my own legacy and let it live on through you know the strength of someone else's you know the next generation's firm. Yeah, I think um, part of the part of the biggest thing, one of the things that's really difficult, I should say, for a lot of um, people who are in these positions, they've worked so long and so hard to get there, and and they want to enjoy it, and they want to do things, and they want to be used for the experience they have, and and um, you know, at, at the same time, it's it's really important for those people to figure out what the next generation's really good at, figure out how to allow it to happen, and then get out of the way yeah. so that it can happen. And I think uh, uh, that is really hard for a lot of people in those positions, is, is the getting out of the way part. Because everybody does tend to micromanage to some degree, right? Some people are a lot worse than others, and, and that is, it's really difficult, I think, to get out of the way. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because I, I had this conversation with my boss uh, today because we've got some staffing changes coming up in the office and, um, you know, a couple of people are leaving um, and we've got new people coming in and we're also, you know, promoting within to have, uh, you know, new people take over, you know, uh, senior positions, senior project architects, project managers and things like that. And we're using this opportunity to start to rethink on how we deal with new people coming in, how we mentor them, how we, you know, create a, uh, you know, an office environment that, um, you know, really promotes retainage and things like that. You know, we were talking about, you know, how when he was being promoted through, you know, it was kind of the same way, you know, people were getting ready to retire, uh, you know, like the, founders and of the firm and stuff they were you know getting ready to retire and so they were promoting people from within to kind of take over the leadership and so it was a cycle of you know you come in you you know kind of pay your dues you you work towards you know gaining all of that knowledge and then you know you hope to kind of work that way and we've had this conversation with the millennials that you know it it's not necessarily the same way coming up 
but in a way we sort of need to foster that that um that mindset that it's not about paying your dues it's really about establishing what you want as the future of your own um you know your own career and how do you gain that knowledge and a lot of times it's through experience and through you know basically learning off of the the senior uh, project architects project managers you know principals and stuff like that but they need to learn you know as they're transitioning out of say a project manager's role into say a principal's role that it's time to sort of let go of the project manager's mentality and you know develop your next level of of career development and let the people that you've felt comfortable with, you know, developing them to the project manager, let them kind of grow and flourish. And, and there's that interesting kind of difficulty of letting go, just like what you said is yeah. it's that, you know, they have this problem of letting go and yeah, yeah the micromanagement what... <laughs> is, is a, is a definite problem. And it is one of those things where, if if you don't give a younger person ownership and the ability to not do everything perfectly, right? Uh, then that person is never going to own what they're working on, right? And right. they just say, you know what, screw this, I'm out of here. Right? And and that and that was the that was actually the main you know topic of conversation. I'm glad you kind of brought that you know brought that home for me because <laughs> um, we really were talking about you know how do we foster ownership in a project from the very junior of person on the project to the most senior of project where everybody feels like this is their project you know because once you foster that sense of pride you're gonna want to have more I mean it's that you know uh, it's it's the architecture drug you yeah. know, you, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, Ooh, I really like this. You know, I mean, I, I, I saw the sketches and now it's a building, you know, and you know, the, the excitement that we feel, I mean, kind of the point and purpose of behind doing this is, you know, we are really excited about this profession. The excitement that we have, I mean, that's how every project needs to, you know, move forward and stuff. And, and that's what we were talking about today. It's just like, you know, this is the opportunity to really teach people, and really let them feel even teach them through excitement. You know, you don't have to teach them through, Oh, it's a nine to five job. I got to punch in and do all this other stuff. No, it's teach them through excitement, teach them through having a shared ownership of the project. All right, let's take a minute away from the show to talk about the first sponsor this week, who is wall protects. Once again, they're back with another sponsorship for Arcaspeak. And we really appreciate it. And what we would love everyone to do is to head on over to Wallprotex, that is Wallprotex with an X at the end of it, dot com, where you can see their commercial wall protection products. If you're doing any kind of commercial project where you need high-end wall protection that is innovative, customizable, and durable, so if you're doing healthcare projects, if you're doing school projects, if you're doing civic work, anything where you need durable stuff against the walls, definitely check them out. They've got a team of dedicated in-house engineers and manufacturers, and not to mention over 70 customizable colors and styles to make your visions a reality. So we would love it if you would go over to wallprotects.com. Again, that's wallprotects with an X and check out what they've got to offer and let them know that you heard about them on Arcaspeak. We would appreciate that very much. Thanks, Wall Protects, for sponsoring Arcaspeak. And now, back to the show. 
Well, I think there's a lot of cynical boomers out there who would rather... Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it is... They've been neutered o- over the years to not have that passion anymore. And, and, and I think that it's... That's why I, I recommend the younger generations to seek out who they want to be mentored by yeah. instead of the other way around because it's it's our job to find those people with the passion so that it does keep it alive and kicking throughout the the projects. I, I mean, you know, go ahead. I, I was just going to ask a question because one of the things that, that I see maybe making this transition a little more difficult, more so... Um, over the next 15 years, and, and probably it's it's been a slow transition already for the last 15 years, let's say, um, than it was, say, 30 and 40 or 50 years ago. And that is getting to technology. And what, where I'm going with this is that a lot, I want to say some of the firms that I know and have worked with, much of the senior management and or ownership of the firms don't do any CAD work. Um, And not that an owner needs to sit down and do his own drafting. That's not what I'm getting at. But what I'm getting at is that the much of the people that are working, let me not make generalities here. What I have seen is that, you know, a number of people that have entered the profession as drafters, as CAD drafters, and you kind of maybe you've expanded your technology and you're doing, you know, you're doing your Revit models and maybe you're um, doing some 3D uh, renderings and, and you've kind of expanded your knowledge over time, but you're often still seen by ownership as, you know, somebody that's getting the job done. And, you know, how does the technology change this transition from going from say a job captain to a project manager, then to ownership. I mean, each level there means you're doing different things. And, and are we willing to, as those of us that have kind of uh, started to grow up with this technology or maybe really enjoy doing it, do we want to leave it behind and transition to different phases of our careers and different phases of, you know, being in, in management of the firm, which involves sometimes many different things, you know, or, or am I just kind of looking at this in too narrow of a scope I, and, I you know, think that we can little... do it all, but maybe not. I, I don't know. What do you, what, well, I, just... I think you're looking at just kind of like a narrow focus of just, you know, the technology. And I don't honestly think that um, for me, I don't think that, you know, that's really what's going to make you move up is, you know, your mastery of, you know. Oh, no, that's that's BIM not what I'm whatever. talking about is that you're not you're not moving up into the firm because you're a master BIM modeler. It's it's the it's are you seen by the owners now as somebody who can be an owner and not essentially do the BIM master anymore because you're going to be doing other aspects of ownership in the firm. And, and are you seen that way by ownership and are you willing to give up that BIM master title or whatever it might be? Right. I mean, because you should, well, I I think that nobody who is the BIM master is going to be that person for the most part in, in a larger firm setting. mm Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you get so good at it that that's all it, you will ever do. Well, and, there's 
Go ahead. But I was going to say, there's, there's the mentality of you get so good at it that there's some people who that's all they want to do. They don't want to. And, and I've experienced this with, you know, a couple of, you know, project uh, architects that they enjoy doing the CAD work, that they they purposely don't want to try to push themselves further to become, um, you know, a project manager and then, you know, push themselves even further later on down the road. They feel comfortable Mm-hmm. That if they can shore up their knowledge, that they've got job security to be able to just, you know, yeah, I can get a project done and I can, you know, get it out the door and I know how to put together a set of documents and stuff. But it's the people, and I think this is where you might have been going, uh, Evan, is it's the people who, you know, take sure that's this is just a portion of the of the knowledge base that you're going to have i mean you're going to be able to build okay yeah i can do bim you know i mean hell let's use me as an example i could do cad like nobody's business when you know i was required to do cad like nobody's business then i had to transition into doing bim i may not be the best at at uh, revit but i can do revit and i know how to recognize problems in it and i i can do enough to not be dangerous and and screw up a model um but these are just tools of a small portion of what i have to do throughout a day i you know need to learn how to talk to a nuance and and you know do whatever with the clients and then the, you know, the engineers and the contractors and everybody else. I need to, you know, learn how to, or need to be able to put together presentations and scope studies and feasibility studies and all these other things. And when you say, you know, and and maybe I'm reading what you're saying wrong, but I mean, if you're just pigeonholing yourself into one thing and you don't want to branch out past that, you won't really be the next, you know, the, owners of the business. That's exactly it's, what I'm saying. And I, I also, I totally agree because I, it is important to decide what you want to do in your career because the sooner you figure that out, the happier you're going to be for yeah. longer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you want to work on projects and you want to make buildings and you want to make space, like, like just dig in and do that. But if you want to become an owner and you want to work with clients and you want to deliver projects to people even though you're not actually doing the drafting you you excel at creating relationships you excel at making profits like there's all kinds of other aspects to this business if you endeavor to do that kind of stuff then yeah you you have to kind of get out get out of production as fast as you can but have a good understanding of how it's accomplished does that make sense yeah, I mean yeah. It, it, uh, it it totally makes sense. I'm just wondering how much the technology either lengthens because you know, you may have that desire to move on, but then the firm may look at you and go, this guy is really good yeah. at what he's doing, so we don't want him to change. We'd like to keep him what he's doing. And um well again, because I will go back no, to what yeah. I said earlier about those those people who are the owners recognizing exactly where their people can go and making that happen so that they can accomplish those goals. And so they should be asking that person, what do you want to do? You know, do you want to be the Revit superhero or do you want to be doing this other stuff? And, and then it's up to you to just give them an honest answer. Right. Right. And there may be, and there may even be a point where, you know, it's just like, 
you know, they sit down and they say, you know, hey, Neil, um, you know, we really rely on, you know, your expertise in BIM and we really, you know, appreciate all that you do on these projects. And you say, you know, so, you know, that's why we're going to be, you know, you're going to be in this position because we really, you know, rely on you. And you're like, well, but I don't really want to just be in this position. I'd like to, you know, do this, this and this, you know, if if they only see you, you know, if, if they don't as Evan was saying, if they don't recognize that you have greater talents beyond just being, you know, um, a really good draftsman or a really good uh, Photoshop guy or a really good this or that, if they don't recognize past that and you just kind of sit there and fester year after year in the same position, hoping for, you know, something better, then you need to step up and actually tell them, that you know you want something better or go find or it or go find else it. Yeah. right yeah right or go find it right well and getting back to our our you know article that kicked us off if you are getting stymied or you're not finding that you know it, apparently over the next 15 years there's going to be opportunities out there because there's going to be less competition so right? I mean, those aged in the 33 to 54 bracket are going to decrease. So, yeah, that's good news. Well, so Plus here's the question. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the question. For those people in, you know, we sort of touched on it last episode. We touched on it with the millennial episode. We've touched on it a, a couple of times. Why are people leaving the profession in a time, and maybe they're just not seen, or maybe in the market that they're in, um, it hasn't rebounded yet. But we are in, in, I'll admit that it's been a slow recovery, but we are in a recovery stage. You know, and, and jobs are coming back, and projects are finally starting to get, you know, come out of the ground. I mean, you know, we're we're working on a pool project right now that, you know, it's been five years since the last time we really talked about it. And it was because at that point in time, it was a buildup and then, you know, the recession hit and people, you know, wanted to shore up their money and not spend it on, you know, a project or whatever. So now they want to, you know, readdress and and start looking at this particular project again. And so here we are now um, getting ready to move into construction documents on a project. So the projects that, you know, kind of went on the shelves or, you know, new projects are starting to, you know, pop up. Um, so I, I guess in a way I'm almost going to send out a like personal plea. Don't give up on the profession because the profession will be there. Um, it's as we keep saying, you know, it's, it's what you've got to look for the right place and the right area and in the right people. Well, I w- let's get back to your question of the why 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 are people leaving? I mean, a couple of things that I've seen happen, um, and just you know personally, but then also through you know different Twitter feeds and and stuff like that. Just watching what's going on, I think it, you know obviously right now it's it's never been easier than it is now to start your own business. Um, yeah. There's there's so many tools available. There's you can be connected to people all over the world very easily. So that's a huge, a huge benefit. But I think it still gets back to the to the thing I said earlier, which was a lot of people just don't want to wait. You guys, you know, you we talked about this at length on the millennials episode, where people are just frustrated with the type of work that they're being asked to do. They don't feel like it's um, allowing them to develop into better architects. They feel like mm-hmm. it is just busy work, right? 
Right. Um, and and when the older generation is staying for longer and longer, and they are not giving people ownership over the projects because they're micromanaging it, I mean, it is the kind of the perfect storm for people to say, screw this, right? I'm going to do it on my yeah. own. And and so maybe they're doing it on their own. Maybe they're going into a completely different line of work, something that you know is a is a plan B or a fallback, or maybe it's something they're even more passionate about. But again, because everything is kind of rebounding and there are more opportunities out there, it's like, what do you have to lose if you left for let's say two years? What do you have to lose when you when you ultimately come back to architecture? You're probably not going to pick back up too far from where you left off. Right. So I think a lot of people are kind of wise to that and just saying, you know, I'm not going to lose much. Let's try something. And now's my chance. Right. Well, I certainly think you're right. Over the last five years, then that that was your chance. I mean, um, I know we talked about interviewing not that long ago and one that I went on there, you know, they're like, oh, well, you've been on your own or what's this gap essentially in your employment? And it's like, well, I don't even need to explain that. Because, you know, the economy got a free pass. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody right. kind of gets a free pass. So if you're out there and you haven't you haven't been in uh, now's not a bad time to consider looking at coming back if you, if you're interested, yeah. because, um, you know, things have really heated up, I would say, you know, from this starting this fall, at least personally for me, I've seen it. And, you know, other people I know um, things are things are definitely getting better. So, um, well, yeah, and said, in our line of work, there's yeah. been bonds that have been passed and there's projects coming off the shelves and things really are heating up and there's yeah. a ton of shuffling going on, right? People right. are moving. It's like shuffling the deck of cards. Everyone's kind of mixing and matching, going to a, a firm that's maybe closer to them or, or a bigger name or, you know, th there's so many reasons why, but a lot of people are just taking this opportunity, seeing the tide coming in of, of all this work and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to reposition myself into something different. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, there's, there was the time where, you know, you were in a firm and if you had a position and you knew it was kind of stable, but the economy itself wasn't that stable, you know, it was a good time for you to basically just kind of like hone your skills, get a little bit more experience, you know, learn uh, new uh, software and things like that. You know, and maybe now that it's starting to pick up, you know, they're like, well, you know, I really tried that, you know, schools thing, but it really wasn't my thing. So I'd really like to try something else, you know, so now's our, you know, now has been a good time to, you know, start looking around because of that opportunity. Yep, absolutely. Totally agree. Well, I was going to say, well, back to the actual point of the, the, the article. I mean, so, you know, here we're going to have this. And I keep saying outflux, and I know it's not a word, but you know what? I mean, this is speak and hell, we get to make show. up words. It's our show. We can um, say whatever. <laughs> but I keep, you know, so, I mean, here we have an outflux of essentially the skilled management. Um, and, you know, we've, we've said in the past that, you know, a lot of times there's really not been... Um, you know, we, we know in school that we don't really learn a lot about the business. And, you know, a lot of times people in, in the boomer generation, and, and I, I was having this conversation with someone in the past that, you know, they, they almost lucked into uh, learning the business and things like that. But 
there's a great wealth of knowledge in the the lucking that they did. Um, and I think that this is really now the opportunity to pick the brains of the boomers and really try to figure out, you know, hey, what worked, what didn't work. You know, you've been in this business for a while. You've seen the ups, you've seen the downs, you've been able to, you know, ride through um, recession after recession. How do you do it? Because, I mean, we are not, we are definitely one of the least recession-proof um, professions because we ride on such a huge wave of economic factors that push us into poverty or push us into prosperity. So, I mean, you know, this is an opportunity for us to be able to pick the brains of these guys who've been able to really ride this wave and be able to be successful or at least stay in business, which I think is success in its own right. Um, so use the opportunity that we have in the next, in the coming, you know, decade to learn from them. But like I said, figure out a way to make it the new generation of of architecture whether it's you know um i don't i don't want to get into all of the whether it whether or not i just i think that you know this is the opportunity to learn from these guys and really start to reshape this profession because a lot of disenchantment is the way that the profession is run now okay learn how to keep a successful business but then learn how to reshape that business all right, it's time for our second sponsor of the show, Bueno Box. And who is Bueno Box? Bueno Box is a company that aids firms in the process of transitioning into, you know what's coming here, Revit architecture. They provide a wide range of Revit services that include training, template creation, advanced family modeling, standards, and library implementation. They also provide realistic renderings, animations, and real-time walkthroughs, so they offer it all. They've helped many architecture firms transition from AutoCAD to Revit, and they understand the importance of integrating your current standards and workflows. They are designers as well and understand how important the process is. Their renderings allow them to act as an extension of the design process by giving your client the ability to easily explore many options very quickly, side-by-side with the design. And if you're beyond the beginning stages of Revit, they offer lots of other services as well. And if you go to their website and check it out, click on the BIM Services tab, you can see all the other things that they do. So if you know your way around Revit, but you don't want to spend your time creating custom Revit families, they do that. If you don't want to spend your time doing 3D visualization, they do that. They also have tons of other stuff, so check it out on the Bueno Box website. So if you're interested in exploring what they have to offer, visit buenobox.com or send them an email at info at buenobox.com, and their links will be in our show notes as well. Thanks, Bueno Box, for sponsoring ArcaSpeak. Yeah, I think this article that we're starting off, you know, that we started off with here tonight is kind of really just kind of looking at it from, you know, thousands of baby boomers are going to leave and there's this huge brain drain and the the clock is ticking, you know, what this architecture is doomed. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of the, the sort of the way the article's going. And I think, as I sort of alluded to earlier and what you were just saying, Cormac, you know, this is a, this is an awesome opportunity to, to take it upon 
all of us, you know, regardless of where we fall on this uh, age curve here, to um, to learn and and as as we've recovered and as we're recovering uh, this profession um, over the next decade, you know, really have um, you know it's 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 maybe tougher when you're in your twenties to think about you know where am I going to be in ten years, and I know that. You know, it never made a whole lot of sense for me. It sounds it was a little cliche, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I have a plan or something. But think about your plan in, in the profession. And you you don't know where you're going to be in, in 10 years and, you know, personally, or maybe you're married, you have kids or you don't or, you know, that that can all be up in the air. But think about where you're working now and look at the leadership that's there. Think about how old they are. Think about when they may be moving on and, you know, the people below them and really kind of build a strategy about what a first you want to do. And if it does it fit at that firm, or are you going to get something from that firm and then maybe move on? Um, or if this is a place you want to be and stay at, then you really have to be thinking five to 10 to 15 years, what happens now? A lot of things can change over that time. You know, some of those principles may leave. It, it happens. So uh, that can open up different doors and avenues. But uh, you really should look at the firm you're at uh, or that you may want to go to and and make start thinking about that. And that's probably something really hard to do when you're in your 20s because you're just trying to learn uh, certain, you know, just, just trying to learn the business. And uh, But, you know, when you're, you know, in your 40s, um, that's it's a slightly different, you know, thought process because you look at say some of the owners of the firms and they're maybe sixty or nearing sixty or just over sixty, and it's like well, where are they going to be in ten years? And that's or, what or you were talking five, like Frank Gary, or eighty five. Yeah, well, then you they just, may never you know, leave. Flip them the bird and they, you know move on. Right? Never they leave. never die, and he'll never. Yeah, die. Well, that, that, that's and that may happen too. That may happen too, but. As you alluded to, Evan, you know, the leaders in these firms need to start thinking if they're nearing 60 or something. It's like, okay, well, who's the next people to step up? Who do I want them to Hopefully be? Hopefully they're already thinking of that. Well, they yeah. should be. I guess that's my point is that they should be and you should be. Yeah. If they're starting to think about retirement, they should have at least 10 years prior started to think about their replacement. Right. Or fostering their replacement. Although... Although Neil, as, as you're, I will, I'm, I'm just going to throw in there though, sure. Cormac, is that I think the most recent recession has thrown a monkey wrench into maybe some of those plans for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although all I could think of is as you're, you know, explaining, um, uh, you know, the the process of you know this thinking process, um, you know, is okay. Here's a guy sitting at his interview and he's looking across the. Um, the table at the guy who's interviewing him and he's like you know you're an old guy you're probably going to be dead soon i think <laughs> i think i'll work here because i'll take over then <laughs> i'm sorry it was just a horrible why does it got to be guys it's, yes, it's, well, well guys it's, being general here we're not it, it's about, it's yeah. it's kind of like the 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 gold digger uh uh guide to job searching <laughs> jeez <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just it was what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That I mean, you know, 
Uh, I, but I mean, that is true. It's, it's, it's somewhat true. Uh, the, I mean, that's, it's, it's, you, you may not be given the keys to the castle, but, but you have to think about, you know, if it's a smaller firm, you know, who, who's the next in line and do you want it to be you and what do you have to do? And, and you really start to need to asking that question of the owners at that point or owner, if it's only one, you know, what do they want to do? Do they see you as that person or not? Or do they see, you know, hey, when I'm gone, I'm just going to close up shop and go, and you're going to have to go yeah, fend what for is yourself somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's I mean, kind of the thing. Is what are, what are the different scenarios? What are the different plans? There, you need there needs to be some kind of long term plan, and and yes, it can change. But just to, as a quick story, a friend of mine took over, or he was he was planned to take over the firm. He got hired by this guy who was going to retire in two years. He took over the business. This is right before the recession, and he made it a very profitable business. And all of a sudden, the guy changed his mind, decided he wasn't leaving. Oh. <laughs> then what do you do? So I do think that these plans change and, and things can happen, but these these do need to be conversations that are happening, right? And I think that the, you know, when you're younger and you're looking for... um uh, you know, looking for a place to, you know, there's a lot of people who are just looking for experience. Then there's people who are really looking for a home. You know, they're looking for somebody, you know, a place that they can really feel comfortable with, grow with, and and stay on board. Um, and so that's how you got to look at it is what do you want out of the firms that you want to go work for? Do you want to gain, gain experience? So then, you know, the next place you go, um, will have that you'll be more marketable to that place, um, or are you looking for a new home? And then if if you're looking for like a home that you can grow into and build into, that's when you really start to you know that's when it it's hard because you know a lot of times when you're on a an interview you really can't kind of delve into like the inner workings, but that's when you know you really try to kind of pull out of them you know what is your what is your long-term goal and what are your, you know, plans for, um, for the future of your own company? And, you know, do you, you know, like to promote from within and just, you know, you, you start to feel them out on what their, you know, what their own goals are for when they retire. Right. And I think what you were saying about asking those questions in your interview are, can be different depending on where you're at in your career. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, later in your career, I shouldn't say later, but it is in your mid career, those questions might be a little different than, you know, if you're younger in your career, maybe how do you mentor people? How do you educate them? How do you bring them through the firm and up, up into the firm, into more leadership positions later on and may, might be a little bit different and that's okay. I mean, you have to really focus your questions on where you are in your career and what you're hoping to achieve, because that's what it is. It's your career. Yeah. And I think Evan, I think what I, I can't quote you on this one, but you had a great quote about, you know, it's taking charge and, and this is your career. Yeah. 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 It is what you make it, I guess. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and I guess back to the article, this is a great opportunity because there's going to be less people in the profession over the next 15 years, according to this. And so it's really wide open, I think, for for everyone to to get in. And I really like what you said, Cormac, about 
is, is also an opportunity as we, you know, as some of the old guard, if you will, of the profession gets out, as you said, Evan gets out of the way, uh, whether they do it willingly or not, um, they will be getting out of the way. And, and hopefully this will be an opportunity for other people in the profession to really kind of look at it and possibly even, you know, from the AIA's perspective or something, I think they're starting to recognize, Hey, there's a whole nother group of people out there that we've ignored for a long time. And I think, uh, that's beginning to change. I was really positive and, and very happy to hear that. Um, so excited to see the number of women being involved in the profession now and really taking on leadership positions, especially with the new first, uh, I, I don't know if I should say it's the first woman president of the AIA. I'm not sure if I'm positive on that, but, uh, I'm sure somebody will tweet us and, and let us know if I get that incorrect. But, uh, I mean, this is all exciting things that this is such a great opportunity. And hopefully now as we emerge from this, you know, dark hole we've been in um, and we can look past this, as the article says, and say, you know, where are we going to go now? Yep. It's up to us. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think in a recent press release, NCARB even said that this isn't your grandfather's NCARB. <laughs> They're using language like that. Yeah. yeah, and and from what we heard from uh, at the uh, Equity by Design conference, uh, NCARB's making a lot of changes, and yeah. uh, it's very exciting changes because they're getting more flexible. They understand that it's difficult to get licensed; it takes a long time, and they're they're trying to change. And that's that's another exciting thing. I think yeah. it's them really kind of looking at the profession, and like you said, it's not your grandfather's or not your father's NCARB, yeah. uh, and that's positive. This is and, all good news. And, the, and that goes back to what we were all saying about, you know, so why are they leaving? And and I think that these positive changes, um, you know, I know that out there it's going to be the, the old guard is like, oh, you know, back in my day, we did it this way and stuff. Well, it's not that, you know, we're not back in that day anymore. And, you know, it's time to promote, you know, a a newer, richer, better um, you know, breed of, of architecture professionals. And, you know, this is the opportunity. And so, you know, that's why I kept saying this is an opportunity for architecture to remake itself. I mean, the old guard where, you know, people are like, Oh, I you know, really don't like architects because they're this, that, or the other and stuff, you know, here's the, here's the time to rebrand or here's the, let's give them a, a different um, architect to think about, you know, or let's give them a different kind of profession to think about. Absolutely. Well, guys, think that wraps it up? Yep. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. And don't forget to uh, check out the our sponsors and uh, make sure you let them know that uh, you heard about them from us because that will really help us. And hopefully they'll stay on as sponsors. And if you do have comments, check out uh, our Twitter account at Arcaspeak, and, which is A-R-C-H-I-S-P-K. And then uh, if you really want to comment, please give us a call at 415-484-8496. And thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night.